What's up everybody? Today on Stacked, there's nothing safe about these scissors. Why is there something instead of nothing? Pure Grant is a hell of a drug. This is Grant Morrison and Richard Case, Doom Patrol. What's up, everybody? I'm Brandon. And I'm your super freak boy, Brendan. And welcome to Stacked, the show where we discuss stories from all over the world of comics. Hello, everybody. I am back. We're back! <laughs> I hope you all enjoyed the amazing episode that Brendan did last week. I think he did a really good job. So everyone, uh, go on Twitter or Facebook and give him props. Um, and thank you for doing that while I've been out of commission. That gave me, like, legitimate heart palpitations. Like, I didn't think Why? I'd realize how, like, uncomfortable I'd be talking to myself and, and just, like, out loud. I was like, this is awkward. I am not good company. Yeah. <laughs> wow, man, I'm a really boring conversationalist. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, I think you did a great job. And uh, it's good because we missed one week. And so it was good to have something last week. Yeah. So we're trying to do this this week. I'm... Uh, out of commission. I was out of commission. I'm still kind of, I'm still certainly not back in commission, but I have finagled a way to try and do this. And you'll notice there's a quality difference between Brendan and my setups. Uh, that would be because I don't have my proper microphone. So apologies if it's super noticeable. <laughs> um, but we forge on. Um, so today we are going to talk about Grant Morrison's, the first volume of Grant Morrison's Doom Patrol from 1987. Uh, it was drawn by, oh, actually two artists. So Richard uh, Case and Scott Hanna uh, were the artists. And yeah. Nice. Just for reference, Richard Case did pencils and Scott Hanna did inks. Um, <laughs> so we'll just give you a quick spoiler alert. If you don't want spoilers for the first arc of Grant Morrison's Doom Patrol, then uh, avert your ears because we're about to start spoiling it. All right, today's spoilers are brought to you by paper. Paper. When you want to create a disturbing and creepy ass villain, anything, any good villain has paper somehow involved in their evil plots. Uh, so why don't you give everybody a quick? It's hard comic uh... to give a premise for because it's Grant Morrison, so you kind of get dropped in. Like, to, like you kind of just get dropped in and you have to figure it out, which yeah. is great. It doesn't help you that it's, like, issue 19. Yeah, yeah. It did feel like an okay, like, place to start, though. Yeah, yeah. So this is what's kind of interesting about this. I mean, I guess I'll give a little bit of backstory because I looked it up a bit. Because I, I was trying to figure it out and I was like, oh, why the hell is it? Why isn't it starting issue one? Everyone always talks about Grant Morrison's, like, Doom Patrol run. Nobody ever talks about the fact that another guy was writing it for 18 issues before the DC was like, hey, it's not selling as well as we hoped, so we're going to put Grant Morrison on it, and you're fired. Um, I don't know if they fired the person or they actually just moved them to a different comic. But they, yeah, so like Grant Morrison got brought on issue 18. They had, I guess, an event or something that led to this gene bomb, and that's where basically they killed off a bunch of characters Grant Morrison didn't want to use. Uh, and then and then brought in and then gave Grant Morrison blank slate to pick up the pieces from where it left off. 
So it's treat even though it's issue nineteen, it's treated kind of like a revamped issue one of the series in a way because there's no team. They're slowly put together in very like superhero tropey style where um, all of them experience different, basically the same catastrophe and different angles and which results in them running into each other. And next thing you know, hey, the Doom Patrol is formed. Uh, so today's spoiler is, I don't know what the hell is going on. And that's classic Grant Morrison. Uh, until at certain point where you'll kind of understand what's happening, but still not really. But then you'll be like, okay, I... I know enough. I legitimately went back and reread the last two issues of this uh, series. And then legitimately, okay, you know that whole part with um, the one, the two bishops and one tells truth, one tells one lies, right? Like I know that riddle. That's like an old school classic riddle. And there's an easy way to find out who's lying and who's telling the truth. But what what bothered me about it was I had to go back and read it like several times because like the question he asked when he figures out. Uh, who's telling the truth and who's lying made zero sense to me. I was like, what the hell are you saying? Well, that's kind of the whole climax of the first run, right? Is like this, basically um, this, the main antagonist of this first arc is, uh, are a group of people called, they just call the scissor men. And they're real weird. Um, they're like these red, like scissors men with like these big scissors and they cut people seemingly out of existence. And when they're done with them, the people are like, there's just like a paper cutout of the, where the person was. Yeah. Which is so creepy. Yeah. It's, it's very cool. And so kind of, this is jumping to the end of the arc, but, um, what you find out is it's kind of this, it's this really high concept, obviously, cause it's Grant Morrison, uh, thing where they've, there's this world called, uh, Orquith, which is the city of bone. And they're basically, every time they cut someone out of existence, they're taking them to Orquith. And their plan is to, like, merge Orquith with our reality and everything will cease to exist. And, but the way they beat them at the end is they, re- like, they're, because they keep asking, is Orquith, like, a real place? And then uh, the answer is, like, it's both real and unreal. So the way they, like, get them to, but this is the thing, it's, it's like, bridging that gap, right? And so the way they beat them is they force the two um like time like the clock faces at the end to face their own unreality basically and they do that by asking like which is a um probably the biggest question in philosophy ever which is why is there something instead of nothing and so they ask that and then that forces the them to kind of come to terms with the fact that they might not be real i don't know it's really high concept and weird but that's the question they ask and it's also framed similarly to like brendan was saying to the classic like labyrinth two doors question which is like one of these doors will lead you out one of these will trap you forever one of us lies one of us tells the truth so it's kind of both the like two different philosophical like ideas kind of melded into one at the end and it's, it's pretty damn cool i thought i like i will say I, I really enjoyed this i want to get that across i'm just pointing out that like this was in a classic grant morrison fashion for me where i had to go like look some stuff up I'm like, I'm pretty positive there's some like literary refer- references he's making that I'm not aware of or something like that. Like some ancient book of gnomes that exists only in the Scandinavian countries. Here's the other thing. Like whenever the scissor men talk, it seems like they're just saying nonsense. Like they're just saying words that like don't seem to make any sense together. 
But I'll bet you he's like buried something in there. I'm sure. Isn't the whole thing though too? Like the big reveal is um, there's just some random dude who him and a bunch of other people invented a universe or something like that by writing it in a book. And it's like, isn't it like mind over matter kind of thing? Like they just willed it into existence by believing in it or something. Yeah, it's like it's fiction. It's a fictional universe in that they literally wrote into a book that that is now coming into existence because again yeah like you said like they're just like it's mind over matter and like that's kind of interesting i feel like grant morrison has like the the softest grip on like reality and not in the sense of like he doesn't know what's real what's not real i feel like he if you went up to went up to him tomorrow and said hey you are in a simulation he'd be like of course i am this problem he would have yeah. no problem with that concept i think he's just he is waiting for somebody to tell him that his existence is not real and that he's actually just in a snow globe being imagined by some kid in a hospital wing oh how awesome would that be i mean i think it pissed off a lot of people when they did it on that show that's true it's a very popular um thing like even this is going to be a weird deep cut but if you remember men in black like the first men in black oh yeah the end of that how they zoom out and it's like the universe is in a marble being played with by aliens and like and then it's just the nested effect it's like this is a uh concept that people are very attracted to yeah but then doesn't the second one then reveal that we're also in a locker oh I, i probably i can't remember the second or third one very well but it's just it's just uh it's just a little like post credits like jab in the first one but i i just bringing it up as like i think this is a um uh i I think you're right i think grant morrison is particularly interested with that idea like it's flex mentalo is kind of like that too right where there was a lot of like meta narrative going on yeah i knew his animal man's like that as well he i think he really does like to explore like the concept of existing and what it means to exist i think like he uses comics as a way to as a way to like explore those themes for himself. And I think that's pretty cool. Like I, I have to say, I really do like the villains, like the, the paper men. I, and I was reading ahead a bit in this comic and I'm definitely going to have to just finish his entire run because he has some of the most buck wild, uh, villain ideas. Like the next one in this, um, in the comic that we didn't, we're not covering is a guy named Jack who refers to himself as God. And you find out he's actually Jack the Ripper and it all takes place in this pocket dimension. It's super bizarre and strange, but it's like really engaging. Yeah, I think there's another time where like there's imaginary friends are the villains. Um, and he plays he plays with us. I feel like he's using Doom, he used Doom Patrol as a means of just like expressing his weirdness and like creative side. Like his this is like raw creativity where he can just think of like the most buck wild strange thing and go yeah you know what the doom patrol would deal with this they would have a trouble grasping the concept themselves but they would also take it in stride and try and figure out how to win the day and that and it's creepy like generally it's it's an unsettling thing to see the characters when they when they come back uh, into a room after someone's been attacked by one of the paper men and there's just literally the cutout of them missing in whatever strange pose they were in. And no matter which way they view the person, it's just this two-dimensional cutout of them. It was such a weird, like, how would you process that if you were to walk in on that site? And that's kind of like what 
Um, what's the name of the guy again? The name of the guy in the wheelchair? Uh, it's Professor Calder, I believe. I might be saying the name wrong. Okay. But he's he's the original Professor X. He existed before Professor X existed. Okay, that's, that's who he reminded me of for sure. Um, yeah. But he even says that at the end. He's like, this is why the Doom Patrol needs to stay together is because we are the only ones qualified to operate when like the rational world completely disappears because we've like experienced madness and delirium and we can like deal with it whereas other people would just go insane like i think if you brennan glenn jones walked into a room saw like a being with scissors for hands cut somebody out of existence and all there was left was like a 2d paper cutout of where they used to be you'd probably go insane oh for sure are you kidding me? I think I would kind of like lose it a little if I walked into a room and there's just a tube of scissors for hands. I'd be like, yeah, nope, too early for this. Haven't had my coffee. I haven't even had coffee yet. I, and I love that um, the, basically these first four issues just made me want to power read the rest of it because I was like, oh, I cannot wait to see like what he yeah. explores with this. And team. for an older comic too, because I think what it's uh, 86, I think it might be down wrong on my dates. Yeah, it's in the 80s. But for, for an older comic, like, you know, other comics that were coming around that time, there is a considerable amount of text that was very, that was kind of the norm of uh, comics in the 80s and uh, obviously like 70s and stuff. Uh, I found myself, usually when that, when that's the case, I tend to find it can get a little long to read a single issue. Um, but I found I was very engaged with, this one and i found he he kept his dialogue and any of the additional like narrative bars very short and kind of cr- like to to a point there's always a point to i feel like a lot of his texts and conversations and i think he was i think the advantage is that he's allowing he's allowing the strangeness just to kind of exist and the dialogue is more or less to maybe help you understand what just happened or make it worse and more confusing to explain why what just happened uh it works well though like i think it's really neat yeah i i uh i was just gonna ask you have you read um any other doom patrols i have never read a single doom patrol before i want to now because i know gerard way is doing the new one which should be interesting yeah and i'm, I'm to be fair so like i've read gerard Gerard Way's um, Umbrella Academy, and that is very much a Doom Patrol esque comic. It is very in the same valley of just a bunch of people who have a whole bunch of baggage and issues because of their upbringing or whatever, or certain events that happened to them, dealing with just the most strange, bizarre, unexplainable situations. What's really interesting so, Doom Patrol came out like the original Doom Patrol, it existed before X Men. So a lot of times people make the claim that X-Men was like a ripoff of Doom Patrol because it's, again, a a professor in a wheelchair working with a team of young misfits. What I think is really interesting about Doom Patrol, and I think I don't, again, because I haven't read all of like past Doom Patrol comics, uh, so I'm not fully aware. But with Grant Morrison, I know he's leaning into just like the very strange... And I would say socially, the non like socially norm, I guess. Uh, and the, these people feel like outcasts and misfits, uh, which works really well because it's it's words like, you know, like Cyclops and Gene are like, oh, I feel like an outcast is like, yeah, but if no one knows you're a mutant, you just look like a 
relatively attractive individual they can go about their day, whereas a robot man has to deal with the fact that he can't feel anything because he's a robot man. Um, negative man, or I don't remember his name in this, uh, is dealing with a whole other issue where it seems like they're an entity merged. Like Larry? Is it Larry? Yeah, the one in the bandages. Where like it's it's a it's a man, a woman, and then a, some spectral being merged into form this three thing, and like. They don't. They literally all. They all three of them exist at the same time in the, in the body and are all aware, but also at the same time are no longer the that person anymore, and that, that's explored really interestingly, in uh, one of the later issues. And, and yeah, and then just, and then of course someone called Crazy Jane, which I'm like, that's a little mean. <laughs> like it's really bad when like the psychology professor is like calling her Crazy Jane. I'm like, dude, like just maybe just call her Jane. <laughs> And then they introduce some more uh, characters uh, in later issues, but they are very much they are very much outcast, I would say, or they're very much not what uh, I would say society usually is wanting out of a superhero. But they just do their job. There's Cliff who's had his consciousness Im- implanted into a robot, and so he's kind of going crazy because he is having to deal with like not being able to like feel things anymore. Which, when you think about it. That would be really hard, right? If if you just like tomorrow woke up and you could exist the same way you've always been existing, but you no longer could like had the sensation of feel, that would like be a huge deal. Yeah, he goes into like phantom pain. He talks about that and he talks about how he basically has almost his entire body. Yeah, yeah, he gets like phantom hunger and like all these things that people get that he just doesn't get anymore. So, like, yeah, he's struggling with that. And then you have Larry or Rebus is how he wants he, she, it wants to be called now. Um, who is, like you said, like three people in one body. And then you have Jane, who's got like a million different personalities. Some of them which actually like transmogrify her body, give her powers. Um, and then, yeah, so everyone's kind of like this super outcast like very ostracized every member of the doom patrol is like very very ostracized which is kind of what brings them together right yeah and i think what works well with that though is they tend to be treated that way a lot in uh the comic uh again like i was saying more specifically in later issues uh you basically see what's the woman the woman's name in the negative person is it Rebus? Uh, Rebus is like the new name that... Yeah, I don't remember the lady's name. Yeah, so she's married and there's a whole scene with her and her husband. And it's it's really interesting and fascinating. And yeah, they're, they're, I just like it. It's so bizarre and strange. And I just... I, I know that he invented like a thing called Danny the Street. And I know that's coming... I know Flex Metallo is coming at some point and everything it's just it's just a comic full of strange thoughts that Grant Morrison had that he wanted to explore or express on paper and for whatever reason he was given the opportunity opportunity to do it on Doom Patrol where I think a lot of people can kind of just take whatever he was going to do and run with it and like and not be weirded out by it in a real negative way they just be like oh yeah it's doom patrol yeah like he, he explores to some degree like um gender identity a little bit in in uh the negative person and i i don't again like i don't know to what extent i don't know how well but like he is exploring that in a comic that wasn't when that wasn't really being explored that much in 
comics. So it's very interesting. I'm really looking forward to um, reading the rest of it and kind of seeing what he does with it. Definitely, me too. Um, yeah, and like I said, it, it definitely made me excited to read more of it. Um, so yeah, you guys should definitely go check it out too. Uh, he started on issue 19 of the uh, 1987 run, um, and you just read from then on. Um, so definitely go check it out. Uh, we really enjoyed it. Um, I think that's going to wrap our discussion of Doom Patrol up for today. So thank you guys very much for tuning in. It's good to be back, and thanks again for your patience with us the last couple weeks while we've been out. I've been dealing with some health stuff, which is boring and not fun. Um, so hopefully that gets sorted out sooner than later, and we can go back to normal stuff. I mean, we're going to be back on normal programming now, uh, hopefully. So this episode will be coming out, I'm sure you've noticed, because if you're listening to it, it's later than usual um but we appreciate the patience thank you guys very much um next week if you want to tune in next week we're going to do this again and uh what are we going to check out so one of the ones i read and i'm kind of intrigued by is it's called um justice riders the whole premise is it's an elseworld story set in the wild west where the justice league are basically the the magnificent seven or something like that someone somebody i follow on instagram posted about it being like this is like one of the best elseworld stories and i was like um yes please uh i thought that would be kind of cool the other one i'm going to give you is hellboy Uh, oh like mike mignola's hellboy uh, yeah like so the first volume of uh hellboy uh and then i'm going to also give you oh my god i want to give you a marvel i want to give you a good marvel i'm going to give you uh the first ish first volume of ultimate spider-man i think i might have already given you that one before but i'll give you that one again i do really enjoy ultimate spider-man we should do that one at some point because i think that would be an interest we should do that one at some point it'd be an interesting thing because i think but i think for next week i would love to check out first volume of hellboy okay let's do that because i love that comic I love his art. My God. Yeah. So, yeah. So, next week, if you guys want to tune in, we're going to be checking out the first volume of Mike Mignola's Hellboy. Um, So, be sure to tune in for that. Um, And thank you guys very much for tuning in to Stack today. We really appreciate it. If you liked what you heard and you want to hear more, you can pop on over to our website at www.stackpod.com. We have our whole archive up there, and you can listen to our previous 70, 70 issues. Wow. Yeah. So, you can check all that out up there. Um, also be sure to connect with us on social media uh, feel free to hit us up on Twitter Facebook, Instagram, all at Stack Podcasts. let us know what you think about the show give us any suggestions you have for comics you want us to read or people you want us to talk to or just communicate with us uh, give us some feedback, we'd love it um, so make sure you do that and uh, whatever app you're listening to this podcast on um, make sure you subscribe to or are following the podcast so you never miss any of that good stacked action Anyways, thank you guys for tuning in to Stack Today. Until next time. Keep on reading.